Broadcasting fee and the opinions expressed during the show are not necessarily those of the staff, management, or ownership of WGCH Radio. Welcome to Fashion Friday. I'm so excited for today's show. It is packed with fun tidbits. Lots of information for you today, so you don't want to move from wherever you are. Lots of stuff about blogging, vlogging, and fast fashion, and who better to join me in this conversation, I want to welcome back, because she's been here before, is Simone, my good friend, Simone Palero. Welcome. Thank you. I am so happy to be here again. I know. We never actually did this. No, this is very cool. Yeah, so we're in the studio. We normally are kind of on location. I have to tell you a little back story real quick. Simone and I found, I think, the perfect spot. I've done tons and tons of shows outside of the studio, of course, at Fashion Week, at restaurants, in hotels, uni- uh, cobble squatting like in the grass, on the in a park, on a bench. I've done it everywhere with, with a guest. I feel like our spot is the best. I know. We have that little spot. It's down in the meatpacking district. It is because Simone used to work for DVF, that we'll, we'll get into that. Um, and there was a restaurant. So I would meet her on her lunch break. I would hustle over there, try to get the star table, which I think is the star table in this restaurant, at the little little table in the corner, so that we didn't have too much background noise. Yes, at the standard. At the standard, yeah. And um, it just was perfect. And it was pretty. It was like black and white, checkered, kind of black and white tile yes. floor. And it just, I don't know, there's like usually little flowers or something on the table. It just was a good spot. We kind of had our own little area, almost like our office. So anyway, it's nice to have you here in studio. And first of all, I want to just say congratulations. She's newly married. Thank you. And a new homeowner. Yes, it's been a big, it's been a weird 2020 for me (laughs) weird in good and bad ways right so so see these i've been telling people lots of positive things actually came out of quarantine for many people and we have to celebrate those things because we got enough of the heavy stuff that's you know lingering on so yes uh and i was pleasantly surprised i was actually on so i took myself off of social media for a chunk of time during the quarantine i just needed to do that I came back on, and I probably was maybe on for just a couple days, and I see this post by Simone, and it says something about wedding day, and I was like, what? <laughs> like, where did I miss she got engaged? I, you know, so this short story was, no, I didn't miss it. She just did it. So good for you. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I do things. <laughs> all good, all good. Um, so, all right, let's get into it. First of all, I was just thinking of this this morning driving, how we met. I was thinking, was it, I, I think it was another influencer. So let me go back and say this. Simone is, I'm going to give you all these titles, whether you like it or not. Blogger, influencer, entrepreneur. Yes, we right? like entrepreneur. We like entrepreneur. That's sort of the newest one. Um, Simone has an, a great, great, interesting background, fashion background, <clears throat> for sure. And um, But I want to talk first about how we met. I think it was through... One of our friends in the blogging world. I Jocelyn. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. yes. It was through Jocelyn. So Suburbs 101, it's a, a sort of a newsletter, online news, newsletter that uh, I write for from time to time. I mention it here on the show when I have a new article out. And the owner, creator of that is Jocelyn. She's also been here on the show. I think she connected us. I think you're right. Yeah. That yeah. sounds right. And then from there... 
I just was like, who is this girl? And I remember bugging Jocelyn. I was like, did you, did you give her my information? Because I didn't want – I'm very, like, sensitive and a little shy about contacting people. Sometimes I'll do it once, and if they don't respond, I'm like, okay, okay, they don't want it, you know. But I knew Jocelyn. I'm like, tell her to call me. Tell her to email me. Tell her to text me. Because I was like, this girl's great. Um, and she's like, she really is. She really is. You have to have her on the show. And um, then I joined – your uh, little blogging community. Yes. Which, do you want to talk about that, what you had? Because it's changed now. Yes. So I started this Instagram account, Westchester Blogger Babes, and I kind of just moved on from it. It, it felt a little, um, like, excluding because it was, like, mostly women, and then you yeah. had to have, like, a website, and people, like, kind of didn't feel, is it something, like, I should be a part of? Like, I'm a business. Like, I'm interested in this. Yeah. But, so um, it kind of naturally just phased out, but not the events or, like, what the girls do. Like, everyone became friends, so it was just such a great opportunity for people to connect. Like, I still had been doing events. It didn't necessarily matter if the name was there or not. Right. And then recently, during quarantine, I hired a really great, um, like, brand business, like, manager to help me, like, figure out how I could differentiate, like, my different ways of income and like what I could do and what I liked doing and that's when I kind of like came up with Simply Society. I had made the account maybe like actually a year ago and I didn't know what I wanted it to be but I wanted it to be something like that played off of Simply by Simone, my website, blog, everything. So I started Simply Society which is now a newsletter and an Instagram account where I share really kind of the nitty-gritty of um, blogging, influencing, working with brands, brands working with influencers, how you make money, pitching. And it's a way where I could share a lot and then also, like, pick places where I could monetize. But it doesn't have to be too salesy because I also have, like, the influencer side of my business. I have the website and the affiliate links. There's more facets of it. So I feel like it's actually really great, valuable information where you don't feel like you're constantly being sold on something. Right. It's. Uh, I mean, for me, it's definitely it's just this plethora of information which is so you so it's very natural and organic and let me say this let me back up and say this so I want to get get this all in so Instagram let's talk about your handles so you've got you still have the blog yes Sim- I okay. still have my website yes. okay so still have the website which is simply by Simone.com simply by Simone.com you still have your Instagram page yes simply by Simone yes and then this newer one that has morphed is Simply Society, yes. correct? Okay. So follow her. Even if you're not into fashion or you're not a blogger uh, or a vlogger, follow her. She just gives really great information about all different things. I mean, right? You it's, it's also like if you're interested in the industry and like what's going on and like what even someone like me would be talking about and sharing right. just from the outside. It's just – I feel like it's just interesting because now it's like a whole new industry that's like – morphed right right like this, so new so right. it's definitely interesting content for anyone if you're in any kind of business I think just yeah. to know what's going on and like what people are talking about it's very easy to understand so right right yeah like I said you don't have to be a blogger and even if it's just her Instagram pages you can just scroll and look you don't have to sign up although you should sign up for the newsletter um, and it's easy that's what I love about Instagram you don't even if you're, you're not unsure well you don't have to follow someone I mean it doesn't hurt to follow someone unless they like offend you but um, Simone's information is so good you could just scroll through and just kind of even if you're just looking at the pictures she posts great photographs she's also a great photographer I'm actually coming um, out with my first course next week too that I'm selling which fantastic. is exciting doesn't surprise me fantastic it's all about pinterest and that's why i still have my website because because pinterest is like a great place where you could drive traffic to either your instagram your maybe your etsy or wherever you're selling um 
whatever you sell, even if it's yourself or as an influencer. So Pinterest is a great search engine. So it's like the easiest step-by-step guide to like get yourself up and running and kind of all the little tips that grow you from like zero to your first like half a million views through and stuff Pinterest like that. through Pinterest oh I like this so I like this I'm excited yeah about that. very exciting I know I've been talking about doing a course for a long long time both signing up for one and having one for sale on on mine but that's a whole another bowl of wax um so I'm happy for you because I love that idea. I think that's a great, great idea. Super easy. Anybody can do it. You're sitting in front of your computer. Okay. You know, and it's just like so easy. And, it and takes- you can pause it. It's not like yeah. you have to like blow through it all at once. Right. And so- right. Okay. So let's talk about that. So you started your blog. Let's go back. Started your blog in 2014. You worked in retail. Um, and then most recently, you were the assistant to Diane von Furstenberg. And now you are on your, off on your own, doing your own ventures, which is exciting. And so you started your blog back in 20, 2014 when you were working at Bloomingdale's, correct? Yes. Okay. So um, that's another thing. By the way, my co-host for the fashion show that I did last year, talked about it here on the show, with Simone. I just want to connect the dots here. Um, so what made you start blogging? Because you didn't go to school for fashion. Right. But you had clearly had an eye for it and had an interest in it. So what made you take that jump and say, I could do this? Well, it's so funny. It was when everyone started talking about Ami's song and a lot of, I feel like, the European girls about how they were monetizing their Instagram accounts. These are big influencers, by the way, she's talking about. Girls that now are, you know, they've got several homes, and because yeah. of their blogs, they're they're the OGs of the blogging yes. world starting in, like, 2009, 2010, yes. around there. So, And I ahead. was so, like, intrigued by that, and I was like, well, hey, like, I'm working at Bloomingdale's. I had always... I started working back at Bloomingdale's after I left my first full-time job at a college. I stayed at Bloomingdale's nights and weekends, so I had I had been always super busy, and then I found myself at Bloomingdale's 40 hours a week, and I was like, okay, now I'm I'm bored. And I, I'm, like, searching for a job, but I'm like, this is so hard to find a job. I'm like, how am I going to get into the fashion industry if I don't, like, you know, okay, great, I'm working here, but how can I make myself, like, look like more? So I'm like, all these girls are making money doing this. Like, I have, like, really nice stuff because, like, I was able to buy it while I was working at Bloomies. I was like, I could share that on Instagram too, right? Like, I love fashion. I love styling. And that's, like, one of the things I also talk about in my course is that I could literally, like, write anything on my website and I'd get, like, two or 3,000 people a month were there. And I was like, this is so cool because there was so much less competition. Nothing had to be SEO-friendly because the novice, like, you know, didn't need to know what SEO was. It was just like, wow, no one talked about it in this light. So you were looking for it, it would just pop up, right? Right, right. So that's when I decided to start it because I, and I literally one day I like made the account, I made the website and I started off with like Motivation Monday because I always wanted it to be something positive. So my like tagline is fashion and inspiration for a stylish lifestyle. So it's like feeling good on the inside, looking good on the outside, which I think I might have to morph as well. But you know, that's always mm-hmm. a hard, the hard things, mm-hmm. right? Okay. The little, yep. the branding pieces. Yep. But um. So, yeah, that's how I decided that I wanted to start a blog because I wanted to work in fashion. I ended up not getting a job in fashion. I ended up getting a job at Morgan Stanley doing HR. Oh, so interesting. (laughs) So I stayed there for about a year and a half or a year and almost two years. And you were still blogging. I was still blogging during that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is how it starts. This is I did the same thing, only, I mean, I already had the job in in fashion, but I was – 
similar but almost opposite, wanted to get into the blogging world. I was in the fashion, and I felt like, oh, I need to have that extra piece now. I should have that extra layer. This is where we're going. This is what we're changing. So then Morgan Stanley. Then about a year and a half in, I got, like, a call from a recruiter, and they were like, this is, like, the short story of it, but, you know, she was like, I have this great job as Diane von Furstenberg's assistant. I was literally on vacation in Antigua, and I was like, okay. I was like, sure, I'll interview for it. I like this story. So I like, think I went back to work on a Monday. I like called out of work on Tuesday. I like, went in the city for an interview, and I gave my two weeks notice that Friday. And didn't you so – because Diane von Furstenberg has a fantastic book. Didn't you like quick go grab the book yes, and start yes, like, yes. reading? I read the entire book like on my phone, <laughs> on the airport. I was like, I need to know everything about Diane von Furstenberg. And I had a few pieces of hers. So like I wore like a blouse and a skirt to the interview. I was like, this is so it was great. And that's like where I met my like my coworker. And it was just such an amazing and amazing four years that I spent there. It was just one of like probably the best experience of my life. Yeah. I mean, she's such a huge influence in the fashion world for so many decades. Obviously, she's a style icon, but just her what she's done, the work she's done and and the things she's done. I'm it's really exciting. I always like to talk to you about stories and I always would say, "So how's Diane?" as if I know her. She's a friend in my head anyway. Um and you know what she has done and how far she's come in her career and how the longevity of her career. I mean, she's uh I don't know how old, but um still looks fantastic Amazing. and so Love that, that you have that experience. But as things change and evolve, it's always time to move on. And I'm so happy that you've – I knew you wanted to do this for a while. And you kind of now gone on to your own. Yes. And um, now you're doing this. And I love love the course idea. I am excited for what's to come for you because I know you're going to be doing great things. Um, But I wanted to get into – so – I ta- I'm also kind of new to this as well, new to it, but I just, you know, my story is like um, one, uh, yet another thing I'm, I, I have a small ember for, I need to make it more of a flame, um, is digital. So digital side of things. So now social media, as we know, has changed again, and it's really about video content. From Instagram stories, Instagram Live, Facebook Live, whatever it is, YouTube, and you have a YouTube channel. Yes. So I want to touch on that. And um, I th- first of all, I want to say, say this. I think I was having this conversation with my husband not too long ago, and I am so camera shy. I think I've shared that with you. So for me, photos are the way to go. It's a static photo. I can edit it if I want. Not too much, but I want to make it still look like me, change the lighting or whatever. But I like creating a beautiful, what I think is a beautiful picture to make a beautiful feed. I like to make it cohesive. To me, it's just being creative. It's not about like changing anything. Like I'm not, you know. And so for me, Instagram is like the perfect place. However, I know that I have to, kind of morph and move on. Um, Not that that's going anywhere, but I know that video is really the way. And I was talking to my husband about this. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get over this fear of it that I have because I have a YouTube channel. I literally have one video up from over a year ago, which I'm almost embarrassed to say. But that, again, that's another story of why that has happened. But I'm trying to get myself to do it. I'm just not comfortable in front of the camera. I am behind the scenes kind of gal. Um, but you have done this, and I admire the way you have done this. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest advantage is you then have that connection with your audience. Yes. As opposed to just writing for the blog and it's just words. As opposed to just a static picture on Instagram. 
as you know, you now have that you're talking to them. And I love that. I mean, that's the connection I, I love with you and with many other yes. bloggers that I look. I'm like, you know, I'm not reading their blogs. Maybe I'll look at their pictures once in a while, but I'm looking at their video. Yes. So um, what I guess what's the best advice you can give someone that is looking to maybe start a vlog or maybe just to have fun with it and do something, um, whether it's on Instagram or YouTube, I video think part of it. If you're nervous in front of the camera, just starting off on your Instagram stories and like getting the things you need to make yourself comfortable like a tripod like even if it's like just a desktop one and like maybe some small like light like either one that just clips onto the top of your phone or like a legitimate like maybe ring light light, even like a tabletop one just so that when you do go to do something it's like you have a place to put your phone like you feel comfortable like you could talk with your hands if that's how you feel like you're comfortable talking and then like you inch in that way on stories because then after 24 hours they're gone anyway right so it's like even if you were not comfortable you totally hate it it's only there for 24 yes you don't have to like save it and like feel like it's like living somewhere and then other than that I also think like TikTok has been like a really great platform to have fun on where you can experiment if you don't want to be in front of the camera like what that looks like or you don't necessarily want to talk it's like all about having the music in your video so I think TikTok's also been like a great opportunity for people to grow their audience as well and like reach a new audience because there's the algorithm there is like less aggressive still so that's another great opportunity And for YouTube, I feel like it's definitely a bigger undertaking. So I don't think you need to feel like too guilty if you can't get into YouTube. And again, it's also like a very it's like as competitive as Instagram, if not more, in my opinion. So I think it's a great way for your blog readers or your Instagram, um, you know, followers community to go to another platform and see you like in a more intimate setting. But YouTube, I mean, editing and, you know, just kind of having the space on your computer. It's a a huge undertaking, so I don't think you have to feel as guilty if you're not getting going there first. Yeah, that is – you're right. It is, and it's a commitment. Yes. I feel like – and I think, again, there are many reasons why I haven't gone further with my channel. I plan to, but – because I need support and help. I def- it's definitely not something that's in my wheelhouse of the editing part and let, you know, and I like a certain style video for me for now <laughs> um, where it's more of like me showing lots of different pictures, examples of what I'm talking about and me more of a voiceover. Um, again, that's me escaping the front of the camera, but I think I'll get there. But I like what you said about just starting and being comfortable and having, you know, like a tripod so you're not holding the camera and it's not jiggling around. Yes. You, it's, you know, you have to think about the horizontal versus the, the, um, vertical. Uh, vertical. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, because Instagram is different. Yes. And, um, you know, although you could. I also think Instagram is moving towards like, that video content with the so, IGTV you, with I don't even know if it's what I, I think they'll I like predict in the next like three to six months that they're going to revamp the whole thing where you are pushed more video content yeah so yeah. YouTube is the only one that really films in horizontal right now right so I think I would also say like go like start vertical as well Again, oh, unless you're interested in like jumping into YouTube and you just want to do YouTube I think yeah. that's different like if you're someone and you're younger and you're like I want to become like an influencer and you're thinking between Instagram and YouTube like I think it's worth like starting on YouTube then right you know what I mean because right, right. you have you're gonna have the time to like build a community and make the videos and you know consistently post but I think for me and you where we already have like these different facets of our businesses and we're kind of stretched already YouTube is a larger undertaking so just going with the you know your up and down video like popping it on Instagram seeing how it does you could also like you know 
manipulate it for TikTok or right. for Pinterest. So yeah. it's a better opportunity, like, and for your time and, like, basically more, like, bang for your buck as as time goes and editing goes because it you could push it across multiple platforms. Right. But I have to say, I don't – and I've seen uh, vertical videos on YouTube. I don't love – you can't no, it. Do doesn't it. look right, yeah. No, it doesn't look right. It, it looks, doesn't – yeah. yeah it looks like just uh, – the. I've seen it. And, and someone that I actually really like to follow, but I'm like, oh, I wish you would just turn it horizontal because it's YouTube, you yes. know, and it's like a little – anyway, um, so – we're going to actually take a really quick break. And when we come back, I want to get to the future of the fashion world and your thoughts on that. So you won't want to miss this. Stay tuned on 1490 WGCH. Fashion Friday with Tina is brought to you by AdCorp Media Group, a full-service local advertising agency that offers a range of marketing, web, social media, and design services for local business owners. At AdCorp, they take your business personally because they know that you do. By learning everything there is to know about how to run your business, the value of your products and services, and who your target is, they'll create a personalized business plan to communicate your message to your audience. They offer logo and branding development, digital and web design, social media management, and more. Are you ready to grow your business? Call AdCorp Media Group now at 1-877-323-2677 or visit them at adcorpmg.com. AdCorp Media Group. They'll take your business personally, as personally as you do. Welcome back to Fashion Friday. I'm joined today by my lovely friend, Simone Palero, who is um, blogger, vlogger, influencer, and entrepreneur now. And I want to give one more time your all your handles. So it's simplybysimone.com yes. is the um, blog, right? Yes. Website. Simply by Simone is her Instagram handle. And what, TikTok? Is it the same? Simply by Simone, yeah. Simply by Simone. And then latest is uh, that you should sign up for the newsletter is Simply Society. Yes. Correct? Is there an underscore in there? It's two underscores in between it. It's linked okay. in my Instagram bio, so it's easy Fantastic. if you just go there. Fantastic. You must, must follow her. Even if, like I said, you're not in the fashion industry, you're not a blogger. She gives great information, great tips. Like, I even love the way I've heard you say this. I've read this, and I've heard you say this, like, how to take a good selfie or how to take a picture, a proper picture with a smartphone, like things like that. So you don't have to be a blogger to know right. that. It's just good information. It's good tips for anyone you've who's got, interested. Yeah, you've got great, great tips. Um, okay, so through all of this quarantine, this um, world we're living in now that uh, seems to be changing so rapidly, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about sort of the future of the fashion world. We've seen lots of brick and mortars closed down. We've seen lots of online businesses co- closed down, although I feel like more online, more companies that already had an online presence are the ones that are surviving. Um, And basically, in the world of a post-pandemic, I don't know, where do you see it going? What do you think? Are more people going to be shopping online or more companies, brands going to be merging? Thoughts on any of that? I think that even before all this happened, your higher end luxury brands wanted nothing more than to have like a better shopping experience in store that was more interactive and to push like for that online. Yes. So I think this was kind of their opportunity. I think a lot of them probably 
financially got like kind of crushed by the H&Ms and the czars of the world. And it was hard to kind of pivot when these like big monster brands with all this money Mm-hmm. We're like, we're just going to do it this way. Yeah. And we're going to sell everything for cheap. And we're going to give you like 14 lines a month. And, yeah. you know, and it just wasn't able to compete. So I think this actually gave an opportunity for a lot of brands to like kind of take a step in the direction they've always wanted to go while like sad and, you know, that stores are closing. I think it gave them the opportunity to get out of things that no longer serve them that they weren't able to get out of before. Right. Right. I We talked about this here on the show Maybe a month or so ago, I did a whole show on re- the the digs of it, you know, like the depths of it, and um, more of the business side of it. I talked about the business of fashion and, um, you know, what was happening. And you're right. I said the same thing. A lot of brands were going that way before the pandemic. So a lot of p- brands were trying to make, you know, I, I talked about Nordstrom, for example, opening up a brand new flagship store, multi-billion dollar uh, brands on 57th Street in Manhattan in this day and age. And I'm like, when brick and mortars are closing and it's all about online, how are they doing this? And um, I know from many moons ago when I worked for the the company many, many years ago, um, there was always talk about a New York City flagship store. And it was always like, well, we have to see if it's our market. You know, obviously that came to fruition. And um, they have not one but two. They've got a men's and a women's store. And I realized quickly the moment I stepped in that store, first of all, it's very different from any other Nordstrom. And I've been in many Nordstroms across the country. <laughs> in fact, I helped open most of them. <laughs> Some of them, not most. Um, so it's very different. And I knew it would be because it is Manhattan. That is like no other in, when you're talking fashion or retail. However, this was re- like it was so much more than I expected it to be because I thought, well, they're gonna, there's going to be certain things that's clearly Nordstrom branded. They're, they always have an e-bar, an espresso bar. They always have a restaurant they, or a bistro. Um, you know, there's going to be this. There's going to be that. And they had all those things, but in a very different way. It was like they twisted everything. Very smart. Um, I love, love, love that store. And... Um, uh, it was very customer friendly and interactive, very like shopper interactive. So that's exactly what you're talking about and makes it so easy to shop all of this. You know, even now with the whole curbside pickup, I'm like, well, why? Why doesn't that stay? Wasn't that remain? It shouldn't just be, you know, while we were staying at home. Um, I think that's a great way to shop. Absolutely. I mean, especially for someone like me or for someone the opposite of me that never shops and never gets out. They can go and do that. Um for me, it's part of my, you know, making my rounds and pulling things. And I think it's, uh, if I know what I want, especially, I always say I'm not a big online shopper, but you know, in this, this has changed me. Um, but anyway, I want to get your thoughts. What about fast fashion? So let me just prompt you with this. I've always was against it more recently. I'm totally for it because of brands like Zara and H&M that have come out with their sort of conscious collection and their more sustainable things. So your thoughts on fast fashion? Yes? No? um, I think that... I think that... I I agree with you. I think it has to be, like, the conscious. It has to be, like, done the right way. I don't want to support a brand that doesn't support its employees. Okay. You know, so that's definitely very important. And then I also think that you have to, you know, like, it's also price point, you know? So it's like you have to know what you want. Perfect. Love it. Thank you, Simone, so much for joining me today. We've got a wrap. I I could talk forever. Thank you for joining me. Join me more for more Fashion Friday on 1490 WGCH.
1490 and FM 105.5 WGCH Greenwich. Rising bankruptcies, record new cases. I'm Mike Moss. The lifeblood of the American economy is in trouble. Correspondent Phil Mattingly reports small businesses are closing up at never-before-seen rates. Small businesses are a central driver of U.S. economic activity, with more than 30 million in the country representing nearly 50% of all U.S. jobs. But as the crisis has continued unabated, thousands of brick-and-mortar small businesses have closed their doors, with nearly 66,000 businesses closing their doors for good since March 1st, according to data from Yelp, and some researchers pegging the total number at north of a hundred thousand. There is good news this morning from the Commerce Department. Construction of U.S. homes jumped 17.3 percent in June, but still lagged behind last year.